God is good. Amen? God's good. And I am so excited to have our guest tonight. How many of you were back at Goldenrod when evangelist Sam Reifkogel used to come? Let me see your hand. Wow. Wow. A bunch of you still around. Good. So, um, boy, um, years ago, he used to come on a regular basis. He deposited into this church uh, some tremendous things, and we just so much appreciate his ministry. Uh, I've just about forgiven him for going off the evangelistic field and also taking a church in Grand Rapids, doing an incredible job up there, uh, pastoring a church. But uh, what a blessing he was, and what a blessing it is for him to be back with us tonight. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's give Pastor Evangelist Sam Reifkogel a good hand as he comes right now. Would you please join me? Praise God. Love you, brother. Pastor Carl. Woo. Oh, my. All right, everybody. Now let's give King Jesus the greatest praise we could ever give him tonight. Come on, with all you have within you. Come on, come on. Lord, this is yours. It's all yours. We love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, pour out your presence on us. We love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, move. Move. Have your way. Have your way. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, the Lord is good, everybody. Woo! Don't sit down. High five your neighbor and tell him, don't get comfortable. You'll be back up in a minute. Amen. And you can be seated. Amen. Oh, wow. 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 Y'all must be crazy in love with Jesus to be here on a Tuesday night. Amen. I guarantee you this is the kind of bunch that'll shout at the grand opening of a supermarket. You get excited about everything, don't you? I'm telling you, it is so good, Pastor Carl. Oh, it's so good to be in the house with all of you. Man, same spirit, hadn't ever, haven't ever diminished, just intensified more and more and more and more and more. Wow, it's so good to be back, back with you. Now, I couldn't turn my head all the way back around, but let me ask this. How many of you have never heard me before? Hold your hand up real high. Hold it up for a minute. Are you kidding me? Well, I'm really good. I'm good. Isn't that horrible? I should have never said that. <laughs> you know, some of you, so, you know, I always get this, you know, people are always checking me out, you know, well, Pastor Carl said he's, you know, going to be one of our speakers, and some of you are looking at my last name and thinking Pastor Carl messed up and put the last speaker's last name in tongues. That's what y'all thought when you saw it. And you're going, what is, how do you even say it? Rijafaba, riboflavin, what do you call it? You know, it's, it's Rife Kogel, Rife Kogel is what it is. It's a Dutch name. It's a Dutch name, so I don't want to just mess y'all up because you'll be sitting here analyzing. There's so many of you that don't know me. You'll be analyzing who is he, where is he from, and so I'm going to just cut to the chase for you so you don't do that so you can receive from the Holy Spirit. How many think that'd be a good idea, you know, because, you know, I, my daddy was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, fair-complected Dutchman. The brother right there about the 15th row back is looking at me like, what happened to you, brother? Well, let me tell you what happened to me. 
My mother, for those of you who don't know, the rest around here who've heard me know, my mother's a little Chinese woman about that tall. My mother just turned 90 years old. She finally, yeah, yeah. She finally retired from full-time work last year. She's been the church janitor for 52 years. 52 years, she's church janitor. And uh, so I wasn't raised a PK, a preacher's kid. I was raised a JK, I was raised a janitor's kid. And so, see, my mother's Chinese. So, you know, if you can't tell, my eyes are slightly at a 45 degree angle. I really love rice, you know? So when we get done here, you go to a Chinese restaurant and support my people, amen. So that's what I need you to do. And so, so you get the drill here, see, because some of you are really confused. You're going, now, this is just messed up, man. This is messed up. Because believe me, I know how messed up it is because you ought to be me. Because how many know when, you're, when your mama's Chinese and your daddy's Dutch, that produces children like me, the China Hutch. That's what happens to you, amen. Okay, that's, that's kind of how you're messed up. And so... So I don't want you being freaked out and wigged out the whole service trying to figure me out. You know, you need to relax and enjoy the Holy Spirit because I know it can trip you up. You know, I got this last name. It looks like a disease. Got these slanted eyes. And now I'm stuck with this dumb southern accent. I mean, I'm just messed up, okay? So if you're in here and you don't know Jesus Christ and you think you got to be a perfected person, let me tell you all of our stories here so you can just chill out if you don't know Jesus. You may not understand our nomenclature. You may not understand all we're doing, but you know there's something different here. And let me tell you what Jesus did. Let me tell you why we're so excited about Jesus. Let me tell you why. We don't wait till we hit all fly away at 90 miles an hour till Sister Beulah gets the hibby-jibbies, jump pipe huge till the preacher hyperventilates, and then we finally get excited. We get excited when you just say the name Jesus, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because you don't understand what we came out of. You don't understand the hell we've been through. You don't understand the dysfunction in our lives and in our families. You don't, you don't understand the breakup of marriages. You don't understand the sexual abuse people have been through. You don't understand the addictions we used to have. But we sold out to Jesus Christ, and he took this mess, and he's changing us. We're not perfect, but he's changing us from glory to glory. Can somebody who's being changed give Jesus the greatest praise for where he's taken you and what he's brought you through? Come on, we, we've been redeemed, everybody. Lord, I'm having a great time. Can you tell? And I didn't even have a red bull. So I'm going to just tell you something. I can feel the spirit of God here. You're, God's going to honor your obedience to be here. He really is. And I, I tell you what, I just love this place so much. You know, I, I can't believe they invited me, really. I just can't. I can't believe it. I'm really here. I really can't believe it. You know, I, I think last 2005, I don't know what I did. I'm just kidding. But I do know what they had to go through to, you know. Here's what, Pastor Carl, he spoke to Alice, and he said, Alice, we want to do this awakening, and I want to get the best preacher in the United States to come. (laughs) And uh, he he called. He got turned down. (laughs) And so he just decided, he said, well, honey, maybe I should just go for the most intellectual, smartest preacher in the nation. He called, got turned down. And so he was just at his wit's end. So he decided to tell Alice, right, Alice? He looked at Alice and said, Alice, what I think I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get the best looking preacher in the nation. And, uh, 
he got turned down. So he called me, begging, Sam, will you come? And I just sat there and thought for a moment. I thought, you know, I've turned him down three times, so I'm going to go ahead and tell him. So, so. <laughs> hey, I like me, okay? I'm, I like me. I know what Jesus is doing in my life and what he's done. I like what he's doing and what he's brought me through and what he's still taking me through. You ought to like yourself too. Y'all quit comparing yourself to somebody else and enjoy who you are in Jesus. Right on? Right on. I just feel like I'm home, man. I feel like I'm home. This place has come a long way, baby, since I've been here last time. I was asking Alice, Pastor and Alice, they've been in this church almost 40 plus years. When I, when I decided that God was putting the mantle of a pastor on me, um, first I broke out in hives. <laughs> and I said, really? But one of the things that was the model for me was your pastor. Because here's what I said. I said, Lord, if I pastor, I want to pastor one time, and I want to have influence for the gospel of Jesus Christ in my community, but it takes somebody who's willing to tough it out. This doesn't just happen, everybody. It takes leaders like Pastor Carl and Alice, they have the vision and the heart. And, um, and he, they don't know it. They, they probably don't even know this. But I looked to their example for the reason why I first of all became a pastor and I could see what can happen to change people's lives bring transformation. And then the longevity to put up with all the garbage that Satan throws at you to persevere. And now that I've come back and now I get to preach in this place, it's nice. It's nice. Very nice. They all do things nice. They even put me in a nice hotel. Did. Nice, fluffy towels. They treat, just everything's nice here. Fluffy towels. I tell you, those things are a booger to get in my suitcase. They are just so nice. And, uh, and, uh, but when I come back here, I feel like the Queen of Sheba. When she came to Solomon, everybody told her about what was going on. And I only get to talk to Pastor Carl occasionally, you know, just on the phone and stuff. And, but when you get here and you hear other people talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you get in, you feel the spirit of the place. And I get to meet you all. And the spirit that you have and your hunger for the Lord. I feel like the Queen of Sheba, you know, don't dress like her, but feel like her. And, and she said this to Solomon. She said, the half hasn't been told to me. No, half hasn't been told what God's doing here. And then she said this. She said, Solomon, how God must have loved the people to give them a leader like you. And I want everybody to hear this clear to the top of the balcony. How God must have loved you, sir. Teenager, how he must have loved you. How he must have loved you, ma'am, to give you leaders like Pastor Carl and Alice. He loves you. He leaders like that. Amen. That's right. Yeah, you go ahead. That's fine. You go right ahead and you praise God for the gift. You go right ahead. Amen. Praise God for the gift. That's right. We love you guys. Y'all mean a lot to me. Thanks for being examples to me. My wife, Brenda. Amen. Lord is good. How many are you ready for the word? 
How many of you have got your Bibles? Hold them up real high. Come on. E form or tree form? Hold them up. Amen. Hold them up shaking the devil's face. Okay. How many of you, you have a Bible downloaded? You can do it before I even finish this message. Get your Bible. Amen. If you, you say, I can't afford a Bible, go to the hotel. I'll steal you a Gideon. Come on. Just get you a Bible. Get you a Bible. <laughs> Turn to the words of Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 26. Now, I get to be with you one night, but I really believe the Holy Spirit has used me and the other folks and Pastor Carl, Pastor Johnny, all these that minister here. I believe the Lord uses us to impart word. And I hope you're taking notes tonight. I hope you're letting this get into you because you're going to forget probably 92% of what I've said in the next 16 days. It'll all be gone. So I encourage you to take notes. But let me also tell you something I think is really important. I think it's very important that... Uh, that you also listen to the word. There's a lot of things out there that'll help you grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, there's t there were two things, three things that I brought that the Lord just impressed me to bring. And I don't know who it's for, but this is for somebody who needs this. This was a series I did called Happy Family. And I got it when I was in a Chinese restaurant. You got this series, don't you, brother? Oh, you like Chinese food. You're a good man. Good man, thank you. Appreciate your support. And... Uh, but uh, I, I don't know what I said, but, I, but the Lord just started using this crazy thing to, for me to uh, bring the message. And uh, I, I, one of the, one of the, one of the uh, couple of the teachings are uh, sweet and sour surrender. And how so many people see the word, especially in our culture where, where it seems like the word surrender or submission seems wrong and antiquated to the culture, especially among uh, ladies within our nation, but how God brings such power when we understand the true surrender from God. It's powerful teaching, powerful teaching. Then I did one on combination, not combination low main, but combination low men. And uh, how when we as men bring ourselves low to serve our spouses, it elevates the whole family and the glory of God in the culture. And now you begin to see all these things, the abuse and the Me Too movement, but really it comes when men know how to bring themselves low like Jesus, and it transforms the whole family. And I give you things in there that will help you. I encourage you to do it. And then there's this one in here, and my daughter gave it to me, and I thought, that's the dumbest thing to call a sermon. And then I started researching it, and it went, I, I couldn't believe the research. It's called, uh, instead of cashew chicken, it's called cashew children. And what you don't know, how many of you love cashews? Well, let me tell you, those things can kill you. Seriously. They can kill you. There's a toxin on them, but there's something that happens so that what is toxic can now be edible and even bless you with protein and strength in your body. The problem is, is if we don't understand with our children, we are going to create a toxic culture that no one can taste and see the glory of God. But how many believe God will show us how to bring our children to do the right things that the toxins of the world don't get on them. So it's, it's really powerful, powerful. So go back there and get that. And this one's called Life's Work. And uh, this, this one, it's on the theology of work. <laughs> Some people don't like it. Do you know I discovered that 70% of people dislike their jobs? 70%, 20% initially muck up the works at their job. They resent their job so much. And something dawned on me. I get tired of Christians crying out for a worldwide revival, but here's something. When you open the word of God, the first thing you see is God created the heavens and earth and he is working. And we sing a lot of songs about the beauty and the majesty of God, but rarely do we ever speak and worship about how great a worker God is. 
you know, how, wonderful, how, how he does his work every day. And I'd start noticing that that is one of the attributes of God. And if you resent your job, you resent changing your daughter's diaper, if you resent your schoolwork, you are resenting the work God gave you, which is the attribute that he first revealed was working. And when you read the scripture, guess what you find? The first time you ever, we always talk about be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know the first time you ever read in the scripture that God filled someone with the Spirit? First time, the first time you ever hear is when God said, I will fill Bezalel with the Spirit of God because he's skilled in craftsmanship, silver, gold, and I will anoint him with his skill that he could do things in the tabernacle. The first time you hear God filling somebody with the Spirit was a blue collar worker. And maybe the reason why we're not seeing the revival is because you hate your school, you hate your teacher, you hate your job, you dislike it, you don't like the job, you think it's beneath you. I'm telling you that if you'll start loving this job, God will pour out his spirit. And I talk about that kind of stuff, folks. I mean, it is one of the most powerful teachings that I've ever think I've ever done. And uh, one's called, first one's called, take this job and love it. And another one's called dream job, how to get your dream job. And then siesta, learning how to take a break, why God wants you to take a break and enjoy and rest. And the last one is called payday, what really counts and why you're working. I get so tired of people thinking, boy, I wish I'd get in the ministry. I want to get in the ministry so God will really use me. Let me tell you something. You're anointed as a minister right where you are in that workplace, in that school. You are anointed by God. Amen. All right, so there's downloadable cards out there instead of you don't want to do CDs, okay? You like, you're, 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 you're a millennial, you're younger. And you can download the card, and then you get it video and audio. You get both of them. It's a real blessing. And uh, I promise you, go back there. You'll still tell you what the prices are, and there's a great deal out there. But uh, if you want all three downloadable cards, they're great. Be blessed. Listen, I listened to my teaching last night. I got so blessed. (laughs) I did. I wrote myself a check for $1,000 last night. It was just wonderful. All right, here we go. Ready? I'm going to talk to you about being fearless. Fearless. Now, I know what some of you are going to talk to. It's going to be about faith. I'm going to talk to you about fear less. We're living in a culture where we are absolutely consumed with fear. I'm going to tell you where it comes from. I'm going to tell you where it started. Some of you are fearful that your husband's going to leave you. Some of you are fearful that you're you're dating a young lady. I'm going to lose this girlfriend because look at me and look at her. (laughs) Some of you are fearful about the economy. You can't worship and you're given. Some of you are fearful to tell people about Jesus Christ. I am telling you that God has called us to be the most courageous, fearless people on the planet Earth. So I want to read this scripture where Jesus is talking and it's his discourse. It's his discourse on peace. And I want you to hear this. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Ready? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be trouble, nor let it be what, everybody? Fearful. Don't let it be fearful. Most of the time, this scripture is quoted when you're burying Uncle Willard. Or you're in a fearful time and you're you're scared. And you should quote these, you know, you hear it at funerals. But I want you to see something in here that God has called us to be people that are fearless. Less and less fear. 
Now, I've got to tell you something. Notice in this scripture, you, you don't see that it's wrong to be sad as a Christian, okay? It's not, it's not bad to be sad. How many have gone through sad things in your life, okay? Sad things. And, but but we're, in fact, we're commanded that we can be joyful in the sorrow that we face, okay? The Bible tells us that we are to rejoice even in the sorrows. There's something powerful that God really, really does in our lives. Because we live in a sad world. How I many we live in a sad world? You see the stuff going on. It's sad stuff. In fact, when you become a Jesus follower and you're truly following, in fact, you become, you get into people's sorrow more. Before I became born again, before you became born again and really sold out to Jesus Christ, I found most people wanted to disconnect themselves from sorrow. They didn't want to deal with the sorrow. And if they tried to change the sorrow, it was so overwhelming. They just said, well, if God really was loved, then why is he letting this happen? And, and, but when I, became, when, I became a, when I became a true Jesus follower, I, I was started getting into people's sorrow to bring them out of the sorrow to show them the one that can give them joy in their life. And, and, and that's what began to happen in my life. So it, it doesn't tell you that you cannot be sad because Jesus was called a man of sorrow. Didn't mean he went around crying all the time. It meant that he went into the pain because he could deliver him out of the pain. But let me tell you this. Even though it says Jesus was sorrowful, let me tell you something you will never find about Jesus. And it's this. You will never find it saying that Jesus was a man of fear. Only a man of sorrows. Here's my point. The peace that God brings can be known, listen, the peace can be known in your pain and in your sorrow because that peace is not opposed to sorrow or sadness. But I'll tell you this. Peace will never be found in fear. In fact, the peace that Jesus is talking about is actually a peace that is hostile when any time fear starts coming in your life about anything, about dying, about your money, about your kids, about your marriage, about your future, that peace literally is hostile. It is an enemy against fear. Jesus says you can't be sorrowful, but he says if you want to follow me, you cannot be a fearful person about anything. So here's the deal. Never rejoice in your fears. You can rejoice in your sorrow. You can rejoice by a casket. You can rejoice in the pain. But he says, you can never be a pure person of peace because peace, my peace, is an enemy against the spirit of fear. Christ's peace is contrary to fear. So, to be courageous is to be fearless in these days, okay? Listen closely. A Christian isn't someone that's always happy. How many know we're not always happy? How I many you know Jesus wasn't always happy? When you go get done with church service and you're kicking over tables and hitting people with the whip, you're not happy. So Jesus wasn't happy. I fail the test all the time. Okay, I'm a pastor, so I fail that test once in a while. I'm not always happy, okay? Listen, and people say, how do you like pastor? And I said, all I'm looking for since I pastored is just two good days in a row. That's it. That's all I'm looking for. Don't need much, just two good days in a row. I get ticked off all the time. I got to bring it under submission. But I'm going to tell you. That is not the acid test of Christianity. They all got these little pin-up smiles. We're all happy. We're all saying praise the Lord. We all got our Bibles in it, and we're all just growing up. That, that is not the acid test of Christianity is how happy and bubbly you are. Here's the test of your Christianity if you're truly following Jesus. You ready for this? And now I'll, I'll unpack it here a little bit more, so just stay with me. 
I talk slow when I educate. I talk fast and loud when I get excited. Here's the test. Ma'am, is your fear fading over your future? Is your fear fading over that boyfriend or girlfriend leaving you? Is your fear fading that you'll die? Is your fear failing, fading that you're going to go broke? Is your fear fading? Because I'm going to tell you what Satan is going to use is the spirit of fear. If you're growing in your relationship with God, get ready for this, you'll have less fear in your life. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Listen, we've got people that are delivered, but you're not free. You've been saved, but you're not living like a fearless believer. And the bottom line is this. If your relationship and my relationship was perfect with God, we wouldn't fear anything. We'd go bungee jumping tonight. I don't know if I want to do that, though. <laughs> Look at 1 John 4, 18. Look at this. It says, there is no what, everybody? There is no fear in what? Love. But perfect love, help me out here, perfect love, read the rest of it with me, drives out fear. Is your fear fading? You lay it out right now. Whatever you're worried about, you're worried about your grandson. You're worried, about, you're worried about the sin in your kid's life. You're, 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 worried, you're worried about the results from the test. You're, you're, you're worried if you're going to be able to carry the pregnancy to full term. Whatever that fear is, listen closely to me, is your fear fading? Because it's perfect love. Now we've got to define love because some of you may not know Jesus Christ here and your love is just a, a sexual conquest that's overnight and we're in love because we're having sex and, and, and you think that's love. No, you've you got to understand what love is. Here's what 1 John 4, 16 says. God is love. Whoever lives in love, what? Lives in God. That means that the closer I press into relationship with God, the less fear I have. So here's what I want you to grab a hold of. Okay, ready? Here's one. I'm going to put it in a nutshell for you. The greater your love for God, the less fear you have of anything that Satan sends your way. So here's the deal. Greater love, less fear. Less love, greater fear. Got it? Greater love, your fear fades. You'll get less fear. Less love, less relationship, less love, the greater your fear is over whatever you're dealing with today. So come on, everybody say it with me. Come on, here we go. Ready? All right, here we go. Ready? Let's say it together. Greater love, less fear. Less love, greater fear. Let's do it one more time, all right? Uh, my brother, clear in the back, third row in. You need to participate. Come on. Here we go. Ready? Ready? Y'all ready? Ready you go. Ready? Greater love, less fear. Less love, greater fear. Okay, so here's the question. If peace is opposite of fear, if you have no peace, listen, if you have peace, you have no fear. And the reason you have peace is because you're in a greater love with Jesus Christ. So my question is, I know where the peace comes from is the depth of relationship. So where does the fear come from? Where does fear come from? I'm going to tell you what it is. And I'm going to unpack it some more. The fear that you're feeling comes from sin. The root of it always comes from sin. Now, let me help you unpack that just a little bit before you go, well, I'm not in sin, Pastor. I just spoke in tongues five seconds ago. Well, then hold on, motor scooter. Don't get ahead of me now. <laughs> how many, <laughs> how many remember the results of the first sin of Adam and Eve? How many remember the results? 
The results were fear, okay? So here's what the Bible defines fear as. Adam and Eve, watch this, Adam and Eve, watch this. Adam and Eve are in perfect relationship with God. There is no sin, okay? None. There's none. The moment they sin, they are characterized by fear. Because how many know? The Bible says, that, let me show you how there was no fear. No fear, no fear, absolute peace. The Bible says that Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the garden, and the Bible even describes how they walked with God. They were <laughs> naked and not ashamed. How many know you got to be pretty comfortable with someone to walk around? As we say in the South, they were naked. They were naked. They were naked, Pastor. They were naked. They had not a stitch of clothes on. Absolutely comfortable, absolute peace. Didn't care about their body. Naked. Not just naked, they were buck naked. <laughs> For those of you in the cheap seats couldn't hear me out, it's B-U-C-K, not B, okay. <laughs> buck naked with God. Now I'm going to write a book one day about that, call it Buck Naked with God. <laughs> now you got to be comfortable to walk, there's no fear about your body. Come on, you know how you're about your body. Look how much time, brother, you spent more time than your sister, young man, getting your hair ready tonight. We're so consumed with our bodies. Oh my Lord, you just, I mean, come on, you know, all of a sudden time catches up on you and you weren't paying attention. You walk out of the shower and you know, you're just all happy. You walk by the mirror and go, oh Jesus, oh God, heal me now. Heal, heal me, Jesus. Oh Jesus, heal me. Come on, you married couples. That's the reason why you turn out the lights when you get amorous. You don't want to look at each other. That's why you turn out the light. I don't want to see this. Uh-uh, no. You've got to be comfortable. Girls, come on. Look what the culture. Young ladies, listen to me. Look at the, what the culture puts on you. You've got to have the right clothes. You've got to have the right look. You've got to have the right fit. I mean, they just... Because the, the fear of losing your husband, the fear of what culture is, because you're not really in unless you look this way, guys, you address this. Now, listen, I want you, come on, girls, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you, guys, I'm not telling you just let yourself go. Come on. You know, it's okay to put up on a makeup and, you know, you do whatever you want with your body. You know, your hair, you can buy it, you can dye it. Do what you want to do, you know. G girls, your face, if you're cool with it, go lift it, go shift it. Guys, go get your tummy, tuck it, suck it. Do what you got to do. But some of us are so consumed with your bodies, you are fearful. You don't take care of your body because you want to steward the temple of God to do all God wants you. You are consumed with fear of losing someone. Because you got to be comfortable walk around buck naked. And that was one dude out there, you can see him. Yeah, well, I still got it. Yeah, yeah, Rico Suave, we know you, yeah. We got it still. Yeah, we're looking at you. And guys, that's the reason why I tell you with your spouses, you keep telling them how beautiful they are. Sister, you keep remarrying him over and over and over. I've discovered you remarry and you remarry all the time. Things change. 
No, me, man, I still got it. Oh, no, uh-uh, no, we see you. You got that, you got, I can see you from here. You got that furniture's disease. Your chest is falling into your drawers. I can see you from back up here. Yeah, but Brother Sam, she don't look like she used to. Well, look at you, man. Y'all used to be a chick magnet. You look more like a refrigerator magnet. That's what you look like. Are you seeing this? There's a reason why God describes being buck naked and so calm and relaxed. Ma'am, sir, teenager, you live in a culture that is consumed with the outside. Fearful of not being accepted if you don't have the right shoes on. Fearful if you don't have the right clothes. I'm all cool with all that stuff, but it does not make you who you are. Doesn't. Doesn't. Buck naked with God. So they'd walk with God in the cool of the day, naked. Hey, what'd you do today? Well, God, I called that one a giraffe. Yep, yep, that one's a hippo over there. And there's the orangutan. God, thank you for this woman right here that's naked beside me because I got tired of hanging out with that dude. Let me tell you, God, thank you. And they're talking about the stuff in the cool of the day. Now, all of a sudden, here's what sin is. Watch this, watch this. Let me describe sin for you. God says to them, everything in here is yours. But this tree right here, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't touch it. Everything's yours. That's what Satan always does. He always maximizes the prohibitions of God, but minimizes the provision and blessing of God. That's what he does to all of us. We never have enough. We never have enough money. Never have enough. Never have enough. There's a church that's got something better. Never have enough. We're never satisfied. Preaching better than you're letting on. So here's what happens. Satan comes along, tempts Adam and Eve, and here's what he says. He says to them, God is oppressive with his rules. And sin is described as this. It's when I move away from the great love of our relationship on any issue. I move away from it. Hold with me. And I go to my own knowledge or the knowledge of Satan. Watch this. Because I know the better decision to make on sex, money, my career than you do. So I'm delivered. Thank you for saving me. But this piece of information, I'm going to make my own choice over here. So here's what sin is. Sin is saying to God, I don't need you on this issue. I've got this one covered. The moment you or I do anything like that is what happened to Adam and Eve. God comes down in the cool of the day. He's looking and says, hey, where are you guys? Where are you guys? And Genesis 3.10 says, he answered. Adam said, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid. I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Something he never noticed before. His own deficiencies. His own issues, he recognized them the moment that he said, I don't need you on this issue, God. Eve says, I don't need you on this issue, God. The moment that happened, they were characterized by fear. And this is the condition of people who never accept Jesus and believers who accepted Jesus but will not bring him into every issue of their life through the love relationship. They get characterized by the spirit of fear. And here's what Satan does. It hadn't changed. 
The lie of Satan says, look, look how oppressive God is. He's got his rules and his regulations. Look at this tree. Really, if you took this fruit, you could just be wise. Look how God is holding. Listen, here's, here's the deal. Here's what you can do. Adam and Eve, what you guys need to do is if you can move away from God, you'll be free. He always disguises it as freedom. I want my freedom. I want to do what I want to do with my body. It's my body. I want to do what I want. It's my money. I'll do what I want. I don't need God. I don't need God on how to handle my marriage or my marriage or what I'm doing or forgiving this person. I'm going to do, they hurt me. I'm going to do my thing. Satan always tells us God is oppressive. The tenets of Christianity, the teaching of Jesus Christ is so oppressive with all its rules. If you really want to get freedom, wait till you turn 18 and you can bolt out of the house, get out of this church, get away from God, and you can really be free. That's the lie of Satan. But he literally is entrapping you in greater fear. So remember what we said? What is it? What did we say? Greater love, less fear. Less love. The more I bring God's word into every context and issue of my life, my fear begins to fade because my perfect love cast drives out the fear. Your fear fades. So here's the deal. As you move away from God on any issue, line it up. As you move away from God, you discover the spirit of fear that Satan's behind every time. Hmm. So that means when I keep walking in the foundation of my relationship with God, I can remain peaceful as I keep pressing into the relationship. That's where freedom comes. Okay. I'm going to prove my point here. All right, I'm, I've got a talent that I have been saving for these 15 years to show you. I want you to know I just hadn't been working on my preaching. I've been working on my other talents as well. This is a heavy board. I should have worked out just a little bit more this morning. What did you get me, Oak? Good Lord. Show you a talent I have. Be amazed. <sighs> Not done. I know you look bored, sister. Hold on, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's what I've been spending my last 15 years on. Now, as long as this board stays in the foundation of relationship with the platform, I can close my eyes and I have no fear. If I fall off, oh, it's not the board, 
It's what the board's in relationship to the closest. I'm going to tell you why you're afeard, why, why you're so scared about your money and everything, your career. You didn't even pray and ask God if that's what you're supposed to be, young man, and you're fearful about it. The closer, greater love, greater relationship to the foundation, less fear. So I skip, <laughs> close my eyes. But if I took this same exact board, same issue, same money problems, same issues in a marriage, if I took this board and separated it because I wanted freedom and put it on the 71st floor of a skyscraper, how many know my relationship with the board changes? And now, now I'm, listen, I'm not skipping. Purdy boy, purdy boy ain't skipping now. You're going, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Why is there more fear? Because it's separated from the foundation. Greater love, less fear. Less love, greater fear. See, I'm going to go, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Quit calling on Jesus if you're not going to put your relationship and the issue of your money, your sex, everything back on the foundation. Quit praying. Get it back in the context of relationship. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, Jesus, I know you're not up here with me, Jesus, because you said, lo, I am with you always. God, I know you're not here with me. <laughs> so let me show you why some of you have never learned to give. Because your money is not foundation in God's word. Because if, if you based it in what God said about your finances and that he owns it all and he just gave you the ability to stewardship, that's why you cling like this to your money. You're like the guy on the 71st floor. Oh, God, I'm going to fall. I'm going to lose my money. Did you see the stock market? Dare did you see the stock market? <laughs> this is the reason why I'm telling y'all, when you start having sex outside of marriage, this is the reason why the girl you're with is going cray-cray right now. <laughs> you look at one girl, and she's doing this to you. <laughs> it's mine. And the marriage gets that way. Mine. Anybody threatens your career? Anybody gets ahead of you? You just go crazy. You lose it. Your anger. In fact, the anger that you have in your marriage right now, sir, is fear. It's fear. It's an attribute of fear. Anybody learn anything? Good, because I really love to put this heavy board down right now. It's really heavy. Are you seeing this for a moment? What we have right now is that you are separating the dating issue from God. You're separating your money from God. You're separating your career from God. And the reason why this world and this nation is so racked with racism, such hurt, such dysfunction, such divide, is because the further you pull yourself away from God, the more fear, anger, panic, anxiety that you will fear. But the more, listen to this, but the more you stay grounded in the word, the more you stay in that small group, the more you pray the more you praise on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand when you stand on him friends doesn't mean you don't have problems doesn't mean there's not issues in the marriage doesn't mean there's not issues in the dating relationship it means because I followed God in this if I fall off the board the board is not what sustains me it is the platform below the board it is Christ the solid rock I stand on 
So then when you do that, you're free. If you're following God in the dating relationship, he says, well, I'm going to tell you something. We've been dating a long time. Don't you think it's time to go next level? No, devil. (laughs) Not that level. Not yet. And when he scoots because you won't produce or she scoots because you won't do what you want and violate the things of God until you save it. Because sex is great, man. When you get married, it is awesome. Did I say something wrong? I'm looking at Simeon. Oh, God, he said sex. Oh, he said sex. He said sex. He said it in church. Well, let me help you out. Sex, 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 I had a message that I was really going to preach. It was called Sin, Sex, and Satan, and Why I'm Against Two of These. I was getting ready to preach that one today. So here's the deal. See, this is what's happening. People are saying, well, if I was God, I wouldn't do this. If I was God, I wouldn't do this. And see what's happening. You say there is no God, but you've made yourself God. So here's what's happening. People are separating their marriages, their family, their finances, the offense and the hurt and the pain that somebody did. And they're not going back to the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something. It really means that you are going to control your world, but you live in greater fear. So I got a word for you. Why don't you resign as CEO of the universe and let Jesus Christ be the one that you live your life in the context of every issue on okay because here's the deal Christ's peace gives you courage in that fear you're not afraid when the doctors say something you're not afraid of death you're not afraid to die you're not afraid to be rejected if you start talking to somebody about Jesus I'm just going to tell you something right now folks Christianity is not cool in America anymore it's not cool anymore They stroke us all with one brush, somebody that went crazy, so it's not cool. So you're afraid to say anything about your faith anymore. you got to have courage that if I get rejected to share my faith or what Jesus did in my life, you got to be ready. But some of us won't do it because you're on the 71st floor because you're taking that out of context where you're more concerned about your own personal rejection. But when you get back in deep relationship, you say, I want everybody to know about this guy. I don't know what he did in my life. And that courage drives out that fear. What did he say? He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Okay, I'm coming in for a landing. I really am. Coming in for a landing. Long runway, but I'm coming in. I've watched. I have watched as a pastor now, because I didn't have to live out my relationships before. I came to this church, I blew in, blew up, and blew out. I was superstar for three days. Superstar for one night. <laughs> but now I have to live out relationships with people, and I, have to, I, I get to watch the whole context of people and how they respond, who gets greater love, who gets more fear. I watch who gets better because of the great love and who gets bitter. I've watched it. Good church folk, I'm telling you, there are a lot of people walking delivered, but you're not free. You're not free. The more you're close to that, the fear drives out. Drives out. 
And I've watched people deal with the attack of fear because fear comes to all of us, every one of us. I've watched this. It's like everybody gets a, it's like everybody gets an oven set at 350 degrees. That's what, that's what I see. Everybody gets an oven. We all get an oven at 350 degrees and we all get the same ingredients for the Thanksgiving dinner. But it's how you treat those elements and how you treat the heat determines if you have a Norman Rockwell Thanksgiving or you're bringing a burnt offering to sacrifice before the oven gods. How are you going to treat that stuff? Well, you put it in context to the master who knows the ingredients and knows the pain, knows the rejection, knows the death, knows the chemotherapy, knows everything you're going through. Well, you bring it to him and produce something that everybody goes, oh, I can taste and see that the Lord is good. And you're not in fear at all. Holding on to that money, holding on to that relationship, holding on to that pain, holding on to that ex that sit there and took me to court, holding on to that. It's torching you alive. Torching you alive. But I've seen the same people under the same pressure bring the most incredible beauty of freedom. Satan's lied to you. Listen to me. Please listen to me. You're getting ready to go have, you're getting ready to blow your marriage to be with some other person. And I'm telling you something. You think you're going to be free, but you're going to be characterized by more, more fear. But you can still make it under the pressure. Let me show you what. Okay, so I'm closing with this illustration. It's really good, so act like it's good. <laughs> Many years ago, they could not, marine biologists could not study the depths of the sea because a conventional submarine under the water pressure would just crush it like an aluminum can. They go too far, it just crush and kill everybody, okay? So they didn't have the means by going to the depths to see if there was any life in the depths of the ocean. So they created what's called a bathysphere. And that bathysphere was a round cylinder, and it was inches, just inches, thick inches of, of steel surrounding it. And then what they did was they attached lights to the outside, and they put a little glass window, little bitty glass window, but they're confined to this little bitty, little bitty cylinder. It's a bathysphere. Maybe you can see. Where's that bathysphere? Is that up there? That picture, that bathysphere. So it's just around there like that. So they go down. Those things would go 37,000 feet down into the ocean, 37,000 feet, okay? They didn't know what they were gonna find, but when they flipped on the lights, those scientists were shocked that they saw these little bitty fish just with thin little skins just swimming freely in all this water. And they're confined to this little bitty bathysphere because the pressure on that side would just crush them if they'd have been anything less than that. But they were just, confounded on how in the world do these little bitty fish with just supple little thins of skin, how in the world can they swim free in a thing that we're confined in and we can't move, but they're swimming free? What's the difference? And here's what they discovered. That the fish compensated for the outside pressure by having a greater equal or greater pressure within them. Because of what was in them, they were able to survive the pressure of the outside. Are you getting this? And I see so many Christians, you are saved, you're safe within the bathysphere. But you're angry, you're hurt, 
God wants to use you for so many great things. He wants to show you his provision in such powerful ways. He wants to build relationships for you. But because of that pain, you put that tough exterior. And I, I, I watch it. I watch guys get macho. No, nobody's going to hurt me again. Nobody's going to hurt me again. They are dying inside. Dying inside. And you're stuck in a little confined space with a thick wall. You can't get out and nobody gets in. But the reason the fish can discover the entire ocean and its beauty is because there's something greater on the inside that compensates for what's on the outside. And do you hear what I'm saying? This stuff you're doing, reading your Bible, being in a small group, staying faithful to come to church, turning on your worship music while you're getting ready in the morning for school or going to that university campus and all of a sudden there is that antagonistic professor that sits there and waylays on Christians and you want to get so mad and get up and scream all that pressure and you see another bill come in and you said this wasn't in the plans this chemotherapy wasn't in the plan this surgery wasn't in the plan God if you love me where are you and the pressure comes on you and now you get confined well if God really loved me this wouldn't happen so just forget following the word of God and you get characterized by more pressure and more pressure. When the sexual temptation comes on and you don't keep yourself grounded in your relationship with Jesus and your dating relationships and your marriages in Jesus Christ, when the pressure comes on, you'll cave. That little is crushed like a can. But when you get greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You'll stand for anything. I'm done. It's going to crank up on you, Christians. Just get ready for this. It's going to crank up on us more in the years to come. It's going to crank up on us. You better have an equal pressure of the Spirit of God in you because you are constantly in the relationship. Constantly. And you can walk with Him naked and not afraid of the elements or anything. You'll walk through the chemotherapy. You can survive the loss of someone you loved. You can survive it. No, you won't just survive. You can thrive in it and still move through the ocean and experience the words and the revelations of God. Or you can stay contained and say, I hate men. I hate women. I hate preachers. I hate that church. All churches are just like that. Or you can get it back to the foundation of Jesus. Tell me. Talk to me. Show me how to forgive. And if you'll do that, pretty boy, you can start skipping again. Ma'am, you'll get your joy back. Because perfect love drives out all fear. Come on, let's give God some crazy praise. Come on, let, come on in the back. Let's give him some crazy praise. He's our rock, he's our foundation, he's our source, he's our savior, he's our Lord, he's our master, he's our healer, he's our provider, he's our intercessor, he is our God. He's our God, everybody. He's our God. You don't need to fear anything. Nothing you don't need to fear. Nothing you don't need to fear. Nothing, 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 nothing. Nothing you have to fear. Nothing.
For those of you who don't know, just, I, just, I was just praying in the Spirit. So those, some of you may not understand the context of that. I just praying in the Spirit. I was praying for you. Because you need free. You need free. You don't need delivered. You need free. Some of you are saved, but you need to be free. And you need to bring this issue back into God. Because sin is saying, I know how I should do this one. I'm not trivializing the abuse that happened to you, but you got to bring it to God. You got to do the word of God and you'll walk free. Spirit of living God is here. All right, so let's start off. Let's start off with something that I think we need to do here first. You might have come with a friend and you are just freaking out because you've never been in church before. At least this kind of church is probably the longest you've ever stayed awake in a service. And I know it's a little freaky. Some of you have no point of reference. You don't understand our vernacular. But I'm telling you, when I was speaking and when that music was going, I was speaking, there's something that got a hold of you and said, you need me. Jesus was saying to you by his Holy Spirit, you don't think he's talking to you, but God was talking to you while I was speaking. And you could feel it. You need me. You need to surrender. You need to sell out to me. And maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ ever. Maybe you've tried other things and found no peace. You tried Taoism. You tried Shintoism. You tried Buddhism. You tried every kind of ism. You tried, you tried following spiritual gurus and eating bananas and yogurt, sitting in a lotus position and going home, and you're still not finding the peace you need. You, you tried it all. You've been licking New Age crystals. You've been trying every single thing, and it's not working. I'm going to tell you the reason why. Because they are not peace he is the Prince of Peace. He is peace. And you need him. You need him. You need to sell out to him today. And I'm telling you, it's no accident you're here. This is the creative genius of God. It was a divine setup because Jesus loves you so much. And he's tired of the fear and the anguish and the guilt and the sleepless nights. He's tired of Satan putting that on you because he said, I died for you. That you could get free from that. That you could be delivered. That you could be known. That I've forgiven you and I died for you. He wants you to know that so you can start walking in freedom in life. Not driven by the guilt all the time. Because you're making, you're trying to be God. You're saying, well, if I, if I knew what I did, and since I know what I did, I'd never forgive myself so God couldn't forgive me. No, no, that's not, God didn't think like you. He said, I'm ready to wipe it clean. So if you came here today with a friend or maybe you've been praying, being on the fringes and you've been at this church for a couple of months and just checking us out to see if we're legit. Someone invited you today. You say, Sam, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to get on the foundation and I want to accept what he did when he died on the cross and shed his blood that wiped out my sin if I would only believe. I want that today, Sam. I want it today. Well, let me tell you something. God won't jerk it out of you. He's waiting for you to say yes because he already did say yes. He said yes to you already. He's waiting for your yes. And if that's you, here's what I want to do. If you're away from Jesus, if you're out of relationship with him, I'm going to count to three. Just simple. And then what I want you to do is I want you to shoot your hand up toward God. Not to me, to him. Because organized religion can't save you. Sam Rife can't save you. Faith Assembly can't save you. He's the only one that can do it. Nobody else. Nobody else. And so when I count to three, I'm going to tell you, we're going to do this bold. I'm going to give you courage. Not fear. Courage. Courage. I'm going to release you to say yes.
courageous. And when I count to three, I want you to shoot your hand up and say, God, this is for you. Because I've, I've pulled myself away from you. But I'm ready to bring coming close, Jesus. You're calling me close. So you ready? When I count to three, just shoot it up real high. Quit worrying about your wife, your husband, your parents. Forget them. Don't worry about anybody else. Care less what I think or what people think. And I could certainly care less what Satan thinks. I could give a rip what he thinks. Because today you're getting ready to find a peace like you've never known. I'm going to prophesy this Young lady, you've been trying to find, if I could just get a man, I would feel complete. I could be, if I just have a man, I could be. You already have a man and his name is Jesus Christ and he will complete you and he'll show you who you are. And you gotta quit looking to that man. I'm gonna prophesy again. Sir, you have sitting there blaming God. If I could just get the right job and I didn't get that promotion, I tithed and I asked God to give me that and I didn't get that job. And now all of a sudden you're sitting there going, Pastor, I just don't even trust God anymore. I'm going to tell you, the problems in your family are not your money. What you need to do is tie yourself to Jehovah, God the provider, and know that he is the supplier for everything you have. Get back on that foundation. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm saying it right now. So back to what I was saying. Pastor, I need him. I need him as Lord and Savior of my life. When I count to three, every head up, every eye open, I give you permission. If you don't know Jesus or you have been away from him and separated yourself from him, I, I give you freedom in the name of Jesus to get in the devil's face and throw your hand up to him and say, Jesus, that's me right here. No fear. I'm coming to you because you already paid the price. Ready? Here we go. Ready? It's going to be real simple. Count to three and you put your hand up. Okay. Raise it to him. Here we go. Ready? Holy Spirit, give him freedom. We release him to walk in freedom in Jesus by total surrender to you. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Lift it up. Just lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Just lift it up. Way in the back. Just lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Just leave it up there for a moment. Leave it up there for a minute. You're going to get free. You're going to get real free. You're going to get liberated. You're not just going to get delivered. You're not just going to get saved. You're going to start walking in freedom, little by little, glory to glory. You're going to start driving out the fear. You're going to drive it out, drive it out, drive it out. Until faith is there and miracles and healings and signs and wonders start occurring. Okay, I need the altar team. And the pastors, get ready to start spreading yourself out across this front, okay? And face out to the folk. Those of you just raise your hand. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And then we're going to open this place up. We're going to open it up and let the Spirit of God touch you that have been, Satan's been jerking you around with fear over issues. We're going to pray for you. And stuff's going to happen for you in this altar, okay? So as you raise your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you don't know Jesus Christ. Now I want you, I'm going to help you with your, your conversation with him because he's listening. So I want you just to close your eyes now for a minute so you can tune everybody out, okay? So here we go. He's listening. So let me help lead you, okay? I want you to say this to him from your heart, believing in faith. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I totally surrender to you today. I totally surrender to you today. Not just a part of me. Not just a part of me. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. Because you gave your all for me. Because you gave your all for me. I may not understand everything. I may not understand everything. But I do know this. But I know this. You are the son of God. You are the son of God. And you came to this earth. And you came to this earth. 
and you lived a sinless life. You lived a sinless life. You lived a sinless life I could never live. You lived a sinless life I could never live. But because you loved me so much. But because you loved me so much. You allowed them to crucify you. You allowed them to crucify you. And your blood. And your blood. Broke the chains. Broke the chains. Of Satan's grip. Of Satan's grip. And his sin on my life. His sin on my life. That I could walk with you in peace. That I could walk with you in peace. And I know Jesus. And I know Jesus. No one can see the Father. No one can see the Father. No one can have eternal life with you. No one can have eternal life with you. Except they believe in you. Except they believe in you. So Jesus, I say with my mouth. So Jesus, I say with my mouth. What I believe in my heart. What I believe in my heart. In my mind. In my mind. In my emotions. In my emotions. I say it out loud. I say it out loud. You are the Son of God. You are the Son of God. And your blood washes away my sins. And your blood washes away my sins. And I receive you as Lord. And I receive you as Lord. Master. Master. Leader. Leader. Of my life. My life. Jesus, here I am. Jesus, here I am. I give myself to you. I give myself to you. And today I declare. Today I declare. Because you're my Savior and Lord. Because you're my Savior and Lord. I am clean. I am clean. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I am whole. I am whole. I have eternal life. I have eternal life. I don't fear anything. I don't fear anything. Because if you are for me. Because if you are for me. Who could ever be against me? Who could ever be against me? I give you praise. I give you praise. Amen. Come on, now give him the greatest praise you could ever give him in this room right now. Oh, Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God. Fall on us, Lord, fall on us, Lord. I'm going to ask John and the worship team to open up with a song. Here's the drill, okay? Everybody, here's the drill. We're going to open these altars. And if you are being attacked by the spirit of fear and the Holy Spirit showed you in this message, you have separated and done your own thing outside of my word and my wisdom. And that fear has driven you. I don't care what it is. Your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your money, your marriage. I don't care what it is. Your career, your job, the anger and the hostility because someone abused you, hurt you, wrecked your life said to death do his part and they dumped you and left you with the bills you're going to say God today I'm going to do it your way and I'm going to tell you there's going to be an anointing that when these folks now listen everybody up here at the altars listen to this there's going to be a flood of people in here and you don't need to counsel you need to walk in authority and say in the name of Jesus Christ by the authority of his blood and his spirit be liberated from your spirit of fear and I'm telling you, something's going to happen. Now look, if they go down this road, you might have to walk down the aisles and start laying hands on them, okay? So get ready to move, all right? Because there's going to be folks come up here. I'm telling you, this is a word from God. And even while I was preaching and speaking, I mean, it was like a laser hitting somebody. And God says, this is your night of freedom. You're going to be fearless. You're going to drive it out. All right. When John starts singing... They're going to start laying hands and you're going to start praying. And if you've given your life to Jesus Christ tonight, you tell them, I got saved tonight. Gave my life to Jesus. They'll take it from there. But I want you to start laying hands on them. Y'all ready? Everybody ready up here? Holy Spirit, we open this place up. Now have your way as they lay hands on them in Jesus' name. Come on, come. Just come right now. Come. Come running from the back and let them lay hands on you. Come on. Just start letting them lay hands on you. That fear's going. That fear's going. Surround me. Song. If they need out, let them out of the aisles. Let them out of the aisles. 
from my enemies from my enemies when all my fears are gone all my fear is gone there you go John and I'm no longer I'm no longer not anymore I'm a child of God. Of God. Oh, I'm no longer Lay your hands on him. Lay your hands on him. Go, go. Lay your hands on him. One after another. Lay your hands on him. I am a child of God. Yes, I'm no longer. I'm no longer.
surpasses understanding. A peace that's greater than what we're going through. A peace that's greater than what we're facing. A peace that's greater than our opposition. A peace that's greater than our trial. A peace that's greater than the weapons that are formed against us. And that peace comes from you, Jesus. And we thank you for it tonight. God all over the building let's lift our hands and give him one more praise of thanksgiving and honor glory 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 Lord God Almighty blessed be the name of the Lord uh, listen earlier Pastor Sam led us in that prayer of repentance some of you maybe all the way up in the risers you prayed that maybe for whatever reason you didn't come down but why don't you do something? You prayed that prayer. You committed your heart. You asked Christ to forgive you. Why don't you right now just take your cell phone out? I know you got one. And um, there's going to be a number on the screen in just a moment. Here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to take that your cell phone. Text your full name. If you prayed that prayer first time commitment or recommitment to Christ. So text your full name to the number on the screen. That way gives us an opportunity to communicate with you and send you a follow-up text of information that's going to help you in your next step. And I would certainly encourage you to plan to get baptized in water. They mentioned it earlier in the service. And so let me challenge you. Uh, tomorrow night, 6.30, come to the event center um, and they will baptize you in water tomorrow night. So repent and be baptized. Amen. So tomorrow night, 6.30, show up at the event center. Someone will be there. But text that number. That way, please, it will help us to communicate with you. And uh, that's going to be beneficial to you and to us God bless you richly. Listen, they're going to lead us in another chorus. Boy, people have, people have been filled with the Spirit, set free from fear, filled with the presence of God. Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. Praise God. Pastor, Brother Sam, wherever you are, thank you so much for coming back. It's been 15 years too long. God bless you, man. Wow. Praise God. When Pastor Johnny told me, he's actually one that called him, got all those different responses, but uh, he actually called him when he told me he was coming. I was like, that is absolutely wonderful. Praise God forever. But Pastor John and the team are going to come back and listen. Maybe, 
the Holy Spirit is also prompting you that that glorious experience called the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit is here for you. And uh, why don't you, if you're in the altar area, great. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoken in a heavenly language, why don't you just come to the front and you just ask God to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. You might as well get everything before you leave this service. So. Pastor John, lead us again. We're not going to have a dismissal per se. God bless you. And uh, these altars are still open. Blessings to you. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. And love has called my name. And I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through